When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. I'm your host, Chris Fedor. No Hayden Grove today. Um, he's out doing something else. So we brought in a guest instead. I think it's the first guest that we've had on this summer. We have a bunch during the season to talk about Cavs, to talk about the NBA, but during the offseason, it's a little bit tougher, but we are able to run down Larry Nance Jr. What's going on, man? How are you? What's up, man? It's good to hear from you. Yeah. Um, what's the offseason been like for you? Oh, it's been full of Northeast Ohio. Um, <laughs> as soon as soon as my, my season ended in New Orleans, I just drove back up here with, with the three dogs and been here ever since. Obviously, went to Vegas a little bit been training but it's been uh it's been it's been very nice it's been very nice so like with your resume it's former Cleveland Cavalier former Portland Trailblazer former Los Angeles <laughs> Laker and now there's like a new one besides New Orleans Pelicans forward it's Leeds United investor how about that how does that sound to you uh that I think got to be honest with you that's probably my favorite my favorite title um that's probably my favorite title you know this is uh something i'm very proud of all right so we're gonna get into that we're gonna get into nba related stuff but you mentioned your offseason part of your offseason larry was spent in las vegas i i think you were probably like the last nba player besides the ones that were actually playing in the tournament that was remaining in las vegas you were there you were watching your brother pete he obviously got an invite with the Cavs to play in summer league. He's going to be with them at training camp. What was it like for you watching your brother at summer league? What is it like for you as an NBA player watching your brother trying to chase the same dream? So let me start this off by saying I cannot stand Vegas. Oh, I can't stand it. It's the <laughs> the, the, the smoke, the casinos, the lights, all of it. Like it's great for about two or three days and then got to get out. Okay. But the fact that I was there for nine days um, shows how, how much fun it was to watch Pete and that team play. Um, it's honestly one of the coolest things I've, I've gotten to see and do. I, I really, you know, in, in my life is, is, is get to see him play, get to see him play professional basketball. You know, yeah. that summer league is, that summer league is no joke. It's, it's a really good bridge between, um nba and and college and g league level because it's the best of the g league and uh you know some of the new guys in the nba so it's a good bridge and seeing him compete and really hold his own with the Cavs of all teams now come on like it's uh it, it was one of the coolest things i've gotten to do in a while i mean bring up that point of it 
him with the Cavs, continuing the family tradition, I guess, is the way to put it. I mean, obviously, there's more meaning behind that. Um, so when you see him in a Cavs jersey, like what goes through your mind? Um, honestly, just how fortunate we are okay. uh, as, as a family. Um, obviously, you know, my dad was, you know, a decent little player. He had a, he had an okay career, um, you know, and obviously I, I've I grew up a Cavs fan, still a Cavs fan. I you know I've got to play here and and uh, you know my career took me a different direction, but um, you know it's uh, getting to see him, you know, getting to see him play for the Cavs is just it's uh, it's hard to put into words honestly because it yeah. seems again it just seems like the core. If you told me there was going to be a move on this, I'd be like. Oh. That there's no way that happened. That's too corny, right? And um, you know that's the life we're living, in. and and so you know, I'm just grateful to grateful to Kobe, uh, Gandy, uh, Brendan, you, everybody that put that team together and included Pete and gave him this opportunity. It's just it's uh, the Nance family loved them, loved them some Cleveland Cavaliers. That's for sure. Have you given him any advice? Um, we talk all the time. Yeah, we talk all the time. And going into summer league, I think the biggest thing I told him was just, you know, he had such momentum coming off of, um, obviously rough college season, but then the momentum he built going through the draft workouts and being in Chicago training for it, um, just really carrying that over in a summer league was great. Just go be aggressive, shoot, shoot your shots when you decide you want to shoot them and play your game. Don't try to, you know. I, I personally believe he's a pro. I believe he's an NBA player. So all he has to do is go play his game, and that'll shine through. And I thought, you know, all, all in all, he did he did everything we and he could have asked for. He made his shots, played super hard, and, you know, played major minutes for the championship team. Yeah. Larry, I talked to Pete probably about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago at this point. And the mm-hmm. one thing that he did say – is that he is the best shooter in the family? Do you give him that one? I mean, do I have a do I have a do I have a leg to stand on in this argument? I don't I don't think I do. Um, <laughs> hey man, you've gotten better. <laughs> you I've started better. your career and you couldn't shoot at all. See, the issue is, it's like I can you can be in the gym with me and I can shoot. Like I can really really shoot shoot the ball and and knock down shots. You'd be like, man, you need to shoot more often, which is what I've heard from every team I've been on. It just isn't – I don't know. I'm defensively motivated. Offense does has never really gotten me that excited, which, you know, probably hinders me a little bit. But, you know, that's just who I am as a player and a person. So uh, I've got to give Pete – I've got to give Pete the title of best shooter in the family for sure. Okay. You've also mentioned that um, you love the Cavs and you love the organization. You still have – contacts over there you still have conversations with people in the organization I saw you sitting courtside and you were dapping up some of the Cavs players while you were watching Pete play like how often are you keeping tabs on what's going on with the Cavs in Cleveland oh all the time very often um now not not just because Pete's on board but um because I have so many great relationships here obviously you know this is a this is home for me so I don't you know I I I think so highly of JB and the entire coaching staff. I've got close friends on the coaching staff. I've got close friends in the locker room still. Um, I've got close friends in the training room still. I've got, you know, 
me and Kobe have been knowing each other for what got to be 12, 13 years now. So the whole organization I just had a great relationship with and, and, um, you know, whether I'm here playing for them or not, you know, that, that shouldn't change anything, especially, you know, now I'm in the Western conference. They don't have to worry about me even twice a year. (laughs) Now is Pete in your guest room? How's this working this summer? So actually, yes. Um, actually, yes, I have a roommate. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, me and my wife, baby Mia, who's two and, uh, uncle Pete, a 23 year old living in our, uh, living in our spare bedroom. And it's been, it's been awesome because me and him have never really gotten to, by the time he got to an adult age, I was in college in LA in Portland. So like, uh, and when I was in Cleveland, he was in Northwestern. So we never really got to spend that time around each other as adults, but it's been so much fun. Now, I don't know how it works for you guys, Larry, but but when people stay at our house, like we don't make them pay rent or anything along those lines, right? We're not going to be that stingy with it, <laughs> but they they feel like they have to pay in different ways, right? They'll pick up the slack by doing the dishes or doing the laundry or something. So like, what does uncle Pete have to do while living with you as a form of rent? Is there any like baby duty that he has or anything like that? So there's no real form of rent, I would say, but I would say there is uncle duties. Absolutely. You know, mom and dad is sometimes we, mom and dad want to go to dinner sometimes. That's right. And, uh, yeah, no, Uncle Pete will take over and has done a great job of, uh, you know, playing babysitter. Does Mia say Pete yet? Oh, she said full Uncle Pete. Uncle uh-huh. Pete, come play. Yeah, oh, yeah. She's, she, those two, those two are, uh, those two are a sight to be seen. That's for sure. My sister's name is Kate and she watches Elliot a couple of days a week. And like Elliot says a lot of different things. I think, He's he's 20 months old at this point, Larry, and I think he's got a list of about like 18 to 20 things that he says, which is pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. For a kid his age. And like, absolutely. He he says our neighbor's name. He says, (laughs) he says, mama, he will not say uncle or aunt Kate or Kate. and, And my sister is so in her feels about that. Oh, similar situation. Casey, my sister. He will not do it. He really? will not do it. Nope, will not do it. He's Uncle Pete, Grandma, Grandpa. Um, uh, my wife, Mama, Dada. Like my wife even like taught her. You know, has her go, Larry, yeah. Larry. Thinks it's <laughs> funny. Um, so she calls me by my first name every now and again. But Aunt Casey, she can't get it. She watches the show Gabby's Dog, who kind of looks like Casey, uh-huh. and now she calls her Aunt Gabby, but not Aunt Casey. Oh my god. It hurts. Yeah, it hurts. That's hilarious. All right. So you mentioned keeping tabs on the Cavs and all the relationships that you have with the Cavs. I've always wanted to ask you this. So uh-huh. a few years ago, you were on a team that was going through a tough time, going through a rebuild. You knew what the situation was. A lot of young talent, but it hadn't come together yet. Maybe it was headed that way. Maybe it would have gotten that way, but it hadn't yet. And yep. you wanted a different situation. And you ended up in Portland at a three-team trade. Do you have any regrets about that? So when I was in Portland, I – well, here, here. so I'll, I'll start back on how, how it came to be. Yeah. Um, it was – it was that last year that I spent here was really 
um, mentally and emotionally on me. Like I started the year um, really well, I thought, Um, you know, leading the league in steals and being real active. We had major games against those teams and I was a big part of it and it was having a ball. And then um, broke my hand. Yeah. And then when I'm right, when I'm coming back from breaking my hand, I got, uh, got sick at home real bad. And right when I'm coming back from, you know, being sick, I broke my thumb. And it was just kind of freak things that really took a toll. Um, I had a you know, really hard time with all that. Um, and then going into that summer, we drafted Evan. And, I mean, we see now, but I could see then that, like, yeah, yeah, there's your four. Right. You know, there's your power forward. The kid's gonna, kid's a monster. We had just signed Jarrett to five years, a hundred, so he's gonna be here. And JA is an all-star too. So, all right, well, there's, you know, there's your four and their five. We also had Kev still, um, who was, you know, a Cavs legend in his own regard, and you know, and making the most of the team. So it's like, all right, well, those are, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a top three big on 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 any team I should go to. I'm sitting there thinking, and you know, it's just, it's tough. And I, 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 uh, it had gone from me really enjoying playing the, you know, Larry Nance Jr. thing, the, the, you know, in my dad's, you know, footsteps kind of thing, really enjoyed it. And at a certain point, it became like a little redundant. Um, and I, I still loved being in Cleveland. I loved having my family around. I loved playing for the Cavs, but it was just like, you know what? Let me go. Uh, I, I, I need to. I need to step away from all this for a, you know, I need to step away from all this and see if, see if I can go, uh, you know, go, go, go play on a playoff team and, and really, you know, really go show what I got. Um, but then I went to Portland and Portland didn't go as planned. Obviously we're, you know, guys, CJ was hurt. Dame was hurt. Um, owner, uh, our front office changed, mm-hmm. uh, as soon as I got there, new head coach. And it was just a, shifting situation and it just didn't go as we all planned and out there I had some real I had some real regret some real remorse um about it but going to New Orleans has been incredible for me I'm happy as could be um I I love that you know I'm a, I'm a veteran on that team and get to really you know really you know kind of teach these young guys and show them what it means to be professional and, and I, I'm really enjoying it uh, and obviously you know if we can stay healthy we're as dangerous as as anyone in the league, so uh, I'm I'm happy that that regret and remorse has kind of has gone away, and I'm 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 happy in a very good situation, and uh, I I love the New Orleans organization. It's been it's been great. So now that you're in New Orleans, um, and you obviously are watching the rest of the NBA, um, when when you see like so much player movement in an off season and and trade demands, like how does a a player that's in the NBA process those kinds of things as they're happening. Um, the same as everybody else okay. uh, with Woj and Shams on on notifications. Um, obviously, you know, I, I talk to a bunch of people and try to gather as much information as I can for myself. Yeah. Like, hey, is it going to be me? Right. And then once well, you know, once you get confirmation of like, hey, now you're you know you ain't going anywhere. Calm down. Um, it's uh, it's a lot easier to to then enjoy it and watch it at the soap opera that it is. Um, but when big fish get moving, like, you know, when KD was up for, 
when KD asked for a trade, it was like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, if if, if you're getting KD, yeah, I'm, who am I? Yeah, I'm right, going. Right. I'm going. If Dame's on the move, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just a cog in the machine at that point. Right. Um, so there's a little bit of nerves to it, but for the most part, it's pretty – for the most part, you know if you're being mentioned and things like that. When did you have that level of acceptance of that? Um, after, once I got, once, once I got out of Cleveland. Okay. Um, cause I had a major fear while I was here of, of being moved and traded and, hmm. and, um, I, I can't even tell you why, but it was just a major move. Like I, you know, my, how the trade went down in LA didn't go well. Right. Um, from a communication perspective and um i just didn't want that to happen again but the trade from cleveland to portland and seeing how hey this is how this is how it's supposed to be done is like communication and and you know all that type of stuff hey telling you you're traded that's great um so it was it was uh you know now it's calmed down and and now you know i just for now it's for my family i just want them i just want Haley and mia to like yeah here, here's our spot we're here for we're here for a while and you can get comfortable in new orleans did the Cavs ever have conversations with you, Larry, about moving to the three and doing a three big lineup? Um, because if if you think about it, like they moved you in part for Lowry Markinen, and they saw mm-hmm. some of the same things that you did. They were like, oh, my God, we only have so many minutes for Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Kevin Love. Now Lowry Markinen, how are we going to make this all fit? And they move Lowry to the three. Did they ever have conversations with you about moving to the three? Uh, not really. Okay. Um See, I think that I, I see. I could have played with Lowry, but yeah, the Evan and Jarrett and right. Evan and Jarrett more were playing the role that I would have played in terms of like around the basket, yeah. um, you know, type type of player. Um, but I could have played the I could have played the four or five with Lowry at the three, but me at the three, there's just not enough spacing there unless Kev's at the four. So it was there were conversations like amongst players about it, but it was just. It wasn't necessarily feasible from a game planning perspective. We've got plenty more to come with uh, New Orleans Pelicans forward and Akron native Larry Nance Jr. in just a bit. But first, let's talk a little bit about subtext. My Cavs insiders are loving it. All you have to do is sign up for a 14-day free trial with your phone number. It's $3.99 a month. And if you like what uh, I provide, the news, information, analysis, everything before Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it these days, jump on board and you can stay and you can be part of the club. You can just sign up by texting me at 216-208-4499. Again, $3.99 a month. It's a 14-day free trial. Just the other day, I sent my Cavs insiders a little nugget about the Cavs one member of the front office going to visit Ricky Rubio in Spain. As Ricky is playing for the Spanish national team, he's preparing for the FIBA World Cup. He's going to be practicing with the Spanish national team, so this will give the Cavs uh, a close-up of of Ricky's um, progress, um, how he's feeling further removed from the knee injury, uh, how he looks in those practices with the national team, and an opportunity to see what he's been up to this summer since he hasn't really been around the team because he's been um, overseas in Spain. So that's something that I sent to my Cavs insiders recently, and that's the kind of inside information that you get if you sign up. Again, text me 216-208-4499. It's a 14-day free trial, $3.99 a month. So join today. 
So I remember a couple of years ago, I was having a conversation with you inside the practice facility, and we were talking about your passion, soccer. You remember that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and now, obviously, you're a Leeds United investor. Um, before we get into all of that, as a big soccer fan, the NBA is doing an in-season tournament. It's very soccery. <laughs> In European, you're already chuckling. In European soccer, like these things are a hit, aren't they? Is that right? Oh yeah, they are. They're adored. Yes. Okay. Do you think the NBA's in-season tournament will be successful? Um, define success. Well, I don't know what's successful. To be honest, I think getting players to care, getting fans to care. And making money is probably the main thing that they're doing this for. I think you're going to get two out of, I think you're going to get, you're, they're going to make money, uh-huh. um, which, which I think is defined as success. Right. Um, so I, you're, they're going to make money. I think getting majority of players to care will be easy enough, but you know, if I'm a, I'm not going to throw any names out there, but if I'm a, um, whatever times all star, and I've got a championship under my belt, and I and I'm currently playing for things bigger. Yeah, I couldn't care less about that little tournament. Mm-hmm. You know that's so that's like me. Yeah, I, I'm all in. Yeah, more basketball. Roll the ball out. Let's play. But um, you know, some of the guys that with bigger names and, and bigger resumes may not have the same reaction. Huh. Um, I think getting fans to care. I think it depends on. Which teams are involved? Like okay. next year, the next year the Bucks, for example. Like the Bucks want to win the 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 championship, right? Like they're built right. for that, right? If they win the in season tournament, that'd be like, like so. That's not what we're after. Yeah, I, I would have to imagine. You know, obviously you want to win every time you step on the court, but like, great. Now let's can we focus back on what we're actually here for? Yeah, um, where I feel like some of the some of the bigger teams in Europe feel the same way about some of those smaller tournaments where it's like, yeah, like we're trying to win the league. We don't have time for the Carabao cup or the FA cup, for example. <laughs> um, right. For all, yeah. For, for my soccer fans don't understand. Do you think there's anything that can be done in the NBA to make the regular season matter more? Um, I don't know. The regular season matters quite a bit for me. Uh, okay. I, 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 right. Quite a bit for me. And for the teams that, you know, aren't guaranteed a playoff spot. Okay. But if you're, you know, if you're Phoenix, you know, you, you're just, it's a, it's almost like those, the Cavs teams. Uh, right. It's almost like the Cavs teams when you guys were going to the finals over and over and over. It was just like, hey, just get in the playoff healthy and then yeah. we'll figure it out from there. Right. Like when you've got teams that are that talented, like you've got Braun running the show like that, it's just it's it's hard to go be, you know. It's hard it's hard to tell a team that knows how to do it and can flip the on off switch to always have it on when we don't have to. We can come in as the sixth seed, and mm-hmm. we know we're getting the we we know we're not scared of the first, second, or third seed, so we don't care. Yeah. So it's uh. I think certain teams are going to care more than others. And I, I think that's just going to be the nature of the beast as I think that's just going to be the nature of the beast. Okay. Speaking of soccer, 
where did your love of the game come from? Uh, playing it. Playing you it. played it growing up? All growing up. Absolutely. Yeah, I played soccer up until like a few years ago. I had played more soccer in my life than basketball. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so I played ever since – ever really since I can remember, me and my sister played. Huh. And uh, just had a ball. Once I got too tall, they tried to put me in goal, and I quit. <laughs> Where did you play before they stuck you in goal? I was a striker. I was a goal scorer. Oh so, wow! Um, yeah, yeah. I was a striker, and 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 you know, I, I'm I'm gonna say I'm a, a very biased here, but I thought I was pretty good. Um, <laughs> I thought I was pretty good. Scored goals at a decent rate. So, um, you know, moving to goal was like a non-starter for me, and I just got out. But you know what? I might as well go pick up this basketball. Okay. So before they moved you into goal. Like, did you have any thoughts of, hey, maybe, maybe this is going to be my path? Um, not really. I hadn't really. I mean, once I got, uh, again, I got diagnosed with Crohn's when I was in, I was a sophomore in high school. Once that right. happened, yeah, I quit all sports and for a second and was just like, let me recalibrate and get healthy, and then pick up the basketball and was, uh, <laughs> more successful being healthy. All right. That makes sense. Um, okay. Now we get into the Leeds thing. How did that okay. all come about with Leeds United? Because I remember having a conversation with you pre-COVID where you were looking into the possibility of some kind of ownership stake in some kind of soccer team, whether it was uh, the Premier League, the Champions League. That was something that you were interested in and it didn't come together as as quickly as maybe you thought it was going to. And now this opportunity did present itself. Leeds United investor, give me the backstory. Um, well, yeah, we, we just sitting there, you know, talking to you in the gym about it. We had, I had just, I had an opportunity in front of me and, and to, uh, for a lower level English team and, and to, to get invested in them. And I, I, I didn't, didn't love the plan in place. The plan in place was very, uh, very, money first like money here's how we're gonna turn profit and profit and profit and profit and then we get after this profit and it's like yeah look i love money as much as the next i truly yeah. do but i'm not i don't, I don't want to say i'm not in it for the money but like i truly adore soccer or football yeah um and so i'm in it to learn i'm in it to have a stake in something that I can care so passionately about. I'm I'm there to obviously again, like I said, I'd love to turn a profit, but like for me, getting in, involved and invested was more about the right fit from a from a fan's perspective and a investing my time, energy, and passion into. Like I, I've been over there once this summer, and I'm going to go again. So mm -hmm. I, I truly care, and I really want to be involved in. Not just leads the 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 team, but like the community, and I, I would like to meet these people and and you know them to see me as one of them, not just like this guy that comes on looking for money. I, yeah. I, I don't want that. So it had to be the right fit. Do you have to abandon your love for Chelsea because of this? Um, I have to. It has to subside. Yes. Okay. Um, it has to subside. I. I you know, Samuel Leto got me in, got me into, you know, made me fall in love with the game and led me to Chelsea. So I'll always have a little bit of, little bit of, little bit of 
little bit of love for him. But yeah, with Leeds going forward and Chelsea being a hopefully very soon a direct rival in the Premier League and 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 all that. No, I can't. I can't be. Uh, I can't wear two shades. Can't wear. Can't yeah. wear two shades of blue. Now there are a few different investors, and uh, they're they're all in the elf athlete realm. Like, are you all represented by the same agency, or how did that come together with like all those different guys? Um, because obviously Jordan Spieth is part of it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, like how that group came together as one. So I'm not necessarily certain. Um, okay. I am not in the same agency as anybody else. Um, anybody else that's invested except TJ McConnell, TJ McConnell's right. in and me and him, me and him kind of did this together. Uh-huh. Um, he's been, uh, he's been, there are not many NBA players, believe it or not, that know that, that know a lot about Premier League soccer and English soccer as a whole. So, um, TJ was one of the guys that I, me and him have had a great relationship. We can't, you know, since 20, 2015 and, and, uh, he's a, he was a Liverpool supporter, and so we just kind of bantered back and forth for these past however many years. And when the opportunity came around, he was the one that actually uh, recommended me to the people. So uh, shout out to TJ. Okay. I know you're somebody, Larry, that loves wearing a GM hat and making <sighs> up moves in your own Oh, head. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Are you involved in organizational decision-making for Leeds United? Oh no, no, no. and I, I would, I would, no, I'm not, and I wouldn't pretend to, I wouldn't pretend to wear that hat for them because I, I, you know, I care about the club and I don't want them to hire somebody like me to make decisions like that. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I do love the game and I, I follow, pay attention, and 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 study it as as well as anybody can. But no, they, as of now, I'm not involved, and I, and I, not involved in decision making, and I. You know, I have no experience. I shouldn't be. But what I am hoping hoping is that, you know, the more, you know, hopefully my my, you know, my uh, love of the game and my appreciation of the game and my, you know, knowledge of the game at some point gets gets to be a point where you know maybe I can listen in on some Zoom calls or maybe I can, um, you know, do a little something here or there down the road. So, um, but right now, no, I'm playing basketball and I don't. I don't have the bandwidth to be able to make decisions like that. Do you want to be a NBA GM when your career is over? I, if you had asked me two years ago, I'd have said absolutely not. Okay, but I think I'd be pretty good at it. I really do. Um, I think I'd be pretty good at it and, and be able to run one heck of an organization. So I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying yes. Um, we'll see. Yeah, right now I'm really just when I'm done. I'm really looking forward to like coaching my daughter in soccer and okay and and uh, you know wearing the khakis and visor, you know, blowing the whistle, making the kids get on the line, stuff like that. What kind of coach do you think you would be? Like, are you the guy who's going to be yelling at referees? Are you going to be the passionate one or more laid back, sit on the chair and just kind of take it all in? Um. I don't know. I'm I'm definitely not going to yell at anybody. I don't. I'm not a you know. I'm not a. I'm not a yell at you type of guy to referees. Okay. Um, but you know, I think I'd like to be the one that you've got such a good relationship with that you want to play hard for. Um, you know that funny. You know, like hey, you know, one of those were like, hey, 
if a kid misses an assignment, like, hey, uh, what uh, what are you doing right there? Like almost like a like instead of like ridiculing you in a funny way rather than right. just like screaming at you. Yeah. So you know, I, I, I'm working on it still. You have to deal with all the parents though that think their kid should be getting more playing time or playing a different position. You know that. Oh yeah, I don't. Care. That's that's no problem. Okay, you can handle that. Oh, that's no problem. Yeah, yeah. Hey man, that's I no appreciate problem. you. I appreciate you jumping on and, and joining me today on the podcast. It was awesome. It was great catching up too. No, of course. I'm glad. I'm glad uh, you had me on, and and uh, it's always good to catch up. Always good. All right, there he is, Larry Nance Jr. joining us on the Wine and Gold Talk podcast as we continue to go throughout the course of this offseason. We'll dig more into some of the moves that the Cavs have made, the expectations for the team coming up this season, and much, much more, but wanted to bring Larry on to talk about Pete, obviously, um, his ambitions, trying to make the Cavs roster, and of course, this venture that uh, Larry is now part of as an investor for Leeds United. So thanks again to Larry Nance Jr. for joining us. Thanks to you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on the Wine and Gold Talk podcast.